fuck you, bitch. Like, oh my God, I didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) So luckily I wasn't alone. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up, man? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, Go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. All right. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. I am with the one and only Dina Adine. Uh, I had to make sure that I got the name right because we just, just, I don't even need to say it. My fans already know uh, how many times I make mistakes on the show, but Dina Adine came through. Obviously, the the one and the only, uh, and you've been dropping some fantastic music. Uh, you've got your Soft Era EP, which just came out this year, and then you've also got uh, the Verbalized single that came out as well. And then there's so many performances. Major Stage did your Dome performance as well. You've been promoing that, and that is really, really good. So for anyone who hasn't checked that out, that was also live, which I was like, it's one thing to do it in a studio. It's another thing to be able to perform it live. So for anyone who hasn't checked that out, I highly recommend, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, how was it performing live? Like, you know, I'm sure you've performed that song so many times. It is like one of your mainstays in terms of just something that hit the fans sonically it's so pleasant to listen to like I was listening to it this morning and I was just like it's just so nice to have like around but how is it in terms of the difference between performing it live versus recording it and taking the time that you need to like get it perfect so to speak um I would definitely say performing it live is always a treat because you kind of don't know if you're going to sing it exactly like the recording. Um, For me, I like to just go with the flow and the vibe that I'm currently in when I'm singing it live. So, uh, and, you know, I definitely, I perform a lot. So it's, it's always fun to kind of put a twist on my current songs, but with the dome, you know, that's my register. That's like, Vocally, it's my register, it's my safe space, you know, those notes that I hit in the dome. So it, it, it's not even the hardest song to perform for me. <laughs> okay, so what song is the hardest to perform? Um, Little Brown Girl is a track that um, first comes to mind. It is off of my EP I released in 2021 called Mahogany. And that one has like, you know, higher notes, lower notes, has, it's kind of all over the place um, musically and adds more of a Caribbean vibe to it, which I really like. See, it, it's weird to me, like, now that you express it and be like, I have songs that I feel super comfortable performing and songs that are, like, tougher. Yeah. Like, I, I never thought about that as, like, an artist because I just assume, like, every song is the same in the sense of it's your song, you recorded it, you know it. But that obviously makes sense. There are just some songs which, like, you pushed further and then obviously doing it live in one shot is just way harder. Yeah. I mean, you still just got to give it all you got when you're on the spot. (laughs) There's there's a few songs that are definitely easier to tackle for sure. Do you find that, like, doing it live and when it doesn't go – the exact same way like it's never going to be the exact version of like the studio session like do you like the variation in that that like almost every performance is slightly different I definitely like that variation I feel like um it's to me it's an audience experience you know it's a release for me in a way so I I might want to sing this part a little quicker I might want to put a riff here you know what I'm saying so it definitely gives you the freedom to play with it a bit more, especially if you recorded the track with space to do that for performing. So I like to give much, I don't like to do too, too much on my recording because I know once I'm on stage, I can like, 
I have breathing room to have some fun, you know. So. Yeah. See, all things I never would have thought of as, as an <laughs> yeah. artist. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess you take it in consideration when you put the time in. Because I think it definitely changes once you become an active live performer. Like there mm-hmm. are definitely artists who don't perform live very often. And then obviously you perform live a lot. So for you to be like, okay, I'm recording this and then how would it go live is a completely different mindset to be in. 100%. And then, you know, with live performances, sometimes it's a live band. Sometimes I'm with a guitarist. Or, you know, it's just different instrumentation that are taking the lead and it's a completely different sound now. <laughs> so. That's my favorite. That's my favorite type of performance is with instruments for sure. Yeah. It's it must be strange, like if that's your favorite, but then you kinda have to like record and do EPs and like do the studio stuff. Like yeah. does it how is the balance of like because you also make music videos which are really cool as well and like how is it in terms of finding the balance of doing the live performance versus doing all the stuff privately and like organizing that side of things? Um, When it comes to structuring and recording a song, it's definitely, you know, you can pace yourself a bit more um, compared to live performing and kind of, you know, making sure all the instrumentation is on point with your track or uh, rehearsing so that, 20 minutes you have on stage is nailed. It's like you rehearse for weeks and then when you perform, it's gone. It's like back. So I definitely say, you know, I can appreciate both processes. I think that when it comes to recording a song, um, I like the fact that I can listen to it a hundred times and then I know, okay, I want this here. I don't like how this sounds anymore. Tell the engineer to do it like this. <laughs> you know, it gives me the director seat. So um, I think with, with live performing, it's just a whole different uh, lane where you're just, you know, you're releasing whatever, whatever you're going through in that moment, you're releasing it there on, on the stage. So it's like, it's more of a present experience with, with the live performance. You, you're more present in a way. It's like therapy. Like you're just yes, letting it, it out. it is therapy, 100%. Yeah, I would, honestly, I think one of the hardest things about doing a podcast and I when you said you listen to the same song hundreds of times that would drive me crazy like I struggle to re-listen to my own episodes just because it's just something you have to do you kind of get used to it but like even still I'm like oh you said that so badly like you're just the the self-critic is definitely a huge part of it so That this is way better. This is like the fun part for me. And then listening back and editing is like the worst part. So when you said listening to the same song a hundred times, no wonder yeah. you're like, hey, sound engineer, you're gonna have to remove this and change that. Like it would just drive me crazy. Yeah, it, trust me. So by the time the song is out, I'm not the I'm not the one listening to it. Like I'm not the artist that's listening to it again. When the song is out, it's for the world. Like I already heard it a thousand times. So <laughs> trust me, I get it. Yeah, I'm the same. Once it's out in the ether, I never want to hear it again. I don't even <laughs> like talking about it. To be honest, it feels weird. It's like I already did all the work, and then like it's you're not even thinking about that one anymore because you've moved on to your next piece and then everyone's talking about it and you're like, my mind is like so much further along the track and I've been working on other stuff. So it's it's a weird place to be taken back to. 100%. I think that you're already on the next thing. Like I'm right here with you. It's just. <laughs> How are your fans? By the way, like, when is it like? Do do you see a difference between them online versus them live? Yeah, to me, it's it's been a really growing experience because I actually just moved to New York, so Congratulations. I'm fresh. In Thank you. I'm three months in now, and you know I've been in Florida. I'm born and raised in Miami, but for whatever reason, my analytics have always been the highest in New York. So I, you know, finally made that leap and I've just been able to meet so many cool people. I guess since now I'm performing, you know, almost every other week in, in this new city. Um, 
people are more able to access the performances. So I'm getting DMs, I'm getting, you know, people coming up to me now that are already familiar with my track. So that feels really good. Um, I definitely think it was a wise idea to kind of go where there's already, you know, some motion with, you know, my music going on, which is it's the same in Florida, but I think it's it's always refreshing to try in a new city, you know. So Well how was the move? How was the experience of moving? <laughs> the move it was such an anticipation for me because, you know, getting all those final pieces together, you know, it's never easy. It's like a tedious process, especially <laughs> one state to a whole nother state, it's hours away. So um but luckily it worked out, everything worked out for the best. I was able to actually um only drive maybe six or seven hours out of the twenty-four hours because um I put my car on an auto train. So there's an auto train. It takes your vehicle from Florida to Virginia. So I did not even <laughs> know that existed. It cut my travel a lot more than it had. So I definitely took advantage of that. I'm not, you know, road tripping, especially I was alone with the travel. And my car was just packed, you know, it was just <laughs> packed to the teeth. So everything that I could take was in my vehicle, in my SUV with me. So what do you do on the auto train? So your car's on the auto. Do you sit in your car? Or like, how does that everyone work? Says, everyone asks that same question. It's so funny. But you don't sit in your car, but your car is on an attached train. So there's the passenger train, which is the normal, you know, Amtrak. And then there's an attached, um, I guess, bigger size train that is holding all of the passengers' vehicles on, the, on that. So it, it's pretty much just attached to our train and we're, you know, going going on up to Virginia and <laughs> that was an experience. It was overnight. So it was like, I would say maybe 15, 16 hour train ride. So, you know, it's pretty chill, you know, just kind of relax and look at the view outside the window. <laughs> so what you did is a practice run to come to Australia is what you did. That's like a practice travel run. Cause the flight is from, it? well, the flights are really long to get okay. to Australia. So like just time wise, that's like yeah. a good practice run. Cause everyone says to me, they're like, I'd come to Australia, but it's just like far away. And yes, trust I, I me, know. we know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as I can knock out the majority of the, tra- of the travel, I think I can do it. <laughs> it is long hours though. Have you ever came to America or the U S yeah, yeah, I went to Denver last year. I've been to Hawaii, but everyone's like that doesn't really count. So I've been, I went to <laughs> I went to Denver last year, um, but that was like took me close to thirty hours to get to Denver from Melbourne. So um, it wasn't Damn. one flight. Yeah, yeah. So it took me. It's but like I'm used to it. I went to Europe a few weeks ago, so that's mm-hmm. like another twenty thirty hours, like in ter- total transit. So. Australians are used to traveling, so when everyone's like, "Oh, it's so long," it's like that's kind of yeah, our have, life. You have to always, to the country. <laughs> yeah, it is so far. Like, yeah, yeah even like because our country's so big, and I'm down south. Like, to get anywhere is far away. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. like it is what it is. You kind of just suck it up. It's worth the travel, personally. I'm definitely gonna visit Australia one day. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be careful. We have a lot of people that come and never leave. So Really? Is yeah. that awesome? Yeah, it's really, really good. Like a lot of the people from the UK, they come and they stay. But we do have a few that go over to the UK. I think our weather is way better. Um, okay. Yeah. So, down under. Yes. Down under. That's on my bucket list, 100%. How has the travel been like while you're – while you're performing um it honestly it's been good so with new york what i really like about being here you know compared to south florida is that it takes really a couple hours to be in a new state and i've already had a performance in philadelphia last month which was really cool i never performed in philly yet so you know the crowd was amazing and i just got to network and meet so many new people and i have a performance coming up a next well this upcoming Sunday in Connecticut. So I never awesome. formed Connecticut. <laughs> you know, it's just been New York, I like it for that reason because 
I guess word either travels fast or things move really quickly. So I may perform this week and someone's at that performance knows the next person booking. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, that's how I like it. (laughs) That was my goal coming here is hitting stages, you know, because the stage is really my home. It's really where I get it popping. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That's that's my, I would say that's the highlight of being here is how easy it is to connect as well as travel to different cities and states. But is with it, my car, you know, parking is crazy. So that's another <laughs> that's another story. That's another topic. <laughs> but well, I like I like having a vehicle. I do prefer having a car here. So so do I. Like I am like I love driving. I love the feeling of driving and that's like where I get a lot of my thinking done. Like thinking in the car is really good. It's like going yeah. for a walk, but also listening to music is really good in the car because like yeah. you're not distracted <laughs> by anything. Like you're not on your phone. You're just like letting the, I don't know, there's something about the car that really helps you zone yeah. in to whatever you're listening to. I uh, I agree. Like it, especially when it comes to when I'm finalizing my mixes, that car, you know, the speakers in my car are going to tell me what I need to know for, <laughs> for, you know, how I want my songs to sound before we put them out so you know there's there's i agree with that like it's a personal experience in its own so even though i may take a few extra minutes looking for parking (laughs) (laughs) i'm at peace (laughs) and i'm in control and you know the train is kind of a scary place (laughs) yeah i've heard i've heard that the subway is interesting to say the least have you had any experiences on there so I, I'll tell you a quick experience. Um, you know, I was on the bus this time around and I was actually staying in New York last month in July. I had like a miniature tour going on. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, motivated me to just make a move here. But during last July, I was um, leaving a venue, whatever the case. I didn't have a vehicle because it was just one month of me being here. So I was just taking the public transportation. So I'm on the bus with a friend and we're just, we start, someone starts yelling at us and they just yelling at us because he wants to use my phone. And I'm like, oh no, I'm sorry. You know, obviously it's, it's someone that is not as, you know, someone that's not put together or someone that's um, unfortunate, it's just an unfortunate position in their life. But, you know, no offense, I just didn't want to share my phone because I don't know the person. So, Next thing you know, he's just yelling at us, cursing us out. The bus man had to stop stop the whole vehicle to to calm him down because it was just big disrupts, big, big disruption. But I don't know. That experience was a bit traumatizing for me because I don't experience those kind of things in South Florida. So I was just yeah, like, I've never uh, experienced that. Started like, cursing us out, yo, like fuck you, bitch. Like, oh my god, like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily I wasn't alone. But you could imagine, like, I would never want to be alone in that situation. So I like my car. No, that is scary for any human. Like normal any normal person yeah, would be it's, like it's late at night. It was late at night too. It was dark. So just like And also like because it's not you're not in that headspace. Like you're just, you're on your way home. You're on the wind down. Like you're just like <laughs> trying to calm down. And then, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it's an unpredictable city. You know, there's so many different walks of life here. I do like that aspect. You know, just some some things you're not prepared for. <laughs> yeah. Now you're like, okay, I drive everywhere. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've taken a train yet. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, well. Well, I mean, if you do, and I'm sure you will at some point take the train, like I'm sure you will have a lot of fun experiences. And I say fun, you know, jokingly, because I've yeah. obviously I've never been, but I've heard a few stories of people on, on the subway. But um, yeah. have you noticed a huge difference between like what life is like in New York versus back home in Florida? Um, Definitely a huge difference. I would say the main difference is, is the out. It's just like the outdoor areas, the the lack of nature that I was that I had in Miami. I, it was easily accessible when I was in Miami, Florida. 
Whereas now it's very, you know, industrial city life. It's loud. My neighbors are loud. Everything's loud. The music is, you know, on the block for hours, playing for hours. It's very cultural. And I'm not complaining, but it's just very different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's weird to live in a place with no greenery. Like right. no right. no parks and no I think that's what I mean, I'm fortunate where I live, I have like parks around and it's very easy to go to your to your park. Like I literally have like five parks all around me. So right. you can go and to I'm whichever sure one. there's nature all around you as well. Like there's trees and, you know, plants yeah. everywhere. Well, there are some streets that are awesome to like drive down and walk walk down because like the trees they meet in the middle. Like, so it it looks like this really cool, it's this beautiful canopy and you just get to walk down. It's like almost in a weird fairy tale or you're in this weird dream. Um, So we have those streets around. And so then when you go to like a city that's so kind of metropolis, it feels strange because you're like, hey, where's the park that I can go to to just kind of breathe fresh air? Um, You kind of, yeah, I think you take it for granted. Oh, yeah. Like that. I knew that would be a change, but I definitely, you know, I'm looking forward to revisiting my hometown, going to the beach as soon as I step down. (laughs) Like (laughs) I definitely take it for granted. So, you know, it's different for sure. We have parks here, but it's it's not the same. It's it's spread out. It's it's just like, yeah, it's very different. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you will continue to do great things in New York. I've heard it's the it's the place of opportunity and it's the city that never sleeps. So you might be tired by the end, but uh, I think it'll all be worth it. It it's definitely been showing me that it's worth it so far. It's 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 been a journey, really dope. Can I ask you about uh, you got the placement on Range Rover the ad? Um, yeah, I wanted to ask about that because that would be like. Range Rover is obviously a massive brand. And then I watched the the ad and it's with Anthony Joshua as well. And I was like, hold on a second. who I recognize this face. Um, but how was that experience of getting a song placed on, you know, an iconic ad for Range Rover? Because it was their 50th, uh, it was their Jubilee, I believe, their Golden Jubilee anniversary. Um, yeah. But like, how was that as like an experience to get placement on what I would say is kind of a momentous occasion for a for a brand. Uh, that moment was a crazy. I remember minding my business, just chilling at home, you know. And it's funny because it, when it happened, it was right when the pandemic hit. I remember like there was announcements on the news. It was like, oh, everyone stayed inside. We, we have to do this now. And, you know, everyone's kind of panicking. And I'm just like, okay, well, who knows what's about to happen? And then, you know, how I got, how I even, you know, found out about it was through a friend. So this was something that happened behind the scenes with my licensing um, that I didn't even really know it was confirmed till it was out. <laughs> so, really? Uh, yes, 100%. Like, my friend sent it to me. He's like, your son's on this ad. And I was like, what? And that's when I was able to, you know, check it out and see that it was, you know, broadcasting as a commercial in the UK. It was just so, such an amazing moment. I remember just sharing it with my family and definitely, you know, one of my biggest placements so far, um, and yeah, I don't know. Like it was just really a moment of a blessed moment. I, I won't call it luck, but you know, it just I guess they felt it was the right track for for that, you know, ad and for their celebratory 50th anniversary. And it's crazy because I've always wanted to Range Rover. <laughs> like that's my that was always my dream car growing up. So I thought that was super, super amazing. Well, but, you know, shout out to Jerome. He's from New York. Yeah, he, he's the one who actually sent me did you get a range rover i'm sorry did you get a range rover no because <laughs> low-key <laughs> if was only say, it was that easy <laughs> i was just gonna say they should have given you one it's that's like what i'm a- saying they should have given you one right but um yeah the way that one worked out it wasn't 
it's definitely one of my biggest placements, but it didn't arrange in a way where I got like the biggest payout from it, unfortunately, because it was through a licensing company that was um, non-exclusive. Wow. <laughs> well, Range but, Rover, oh, you slacking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nevertheless, I was still very, very happy about that. Um, yeah. It it's weird though that you didn't know about it until your friend told you about it. Like yeah. it was just like, it would have gone under the radar for it could have gone under the radar for so long because obviously mean, it's playing in the UK so it may never have made it to the US so like right. friends looking out I mean uh, yeah because <laughs> I don't know like the way that you know it was exposed to me it was such a crazy way it was just super unexpected and it was like I just broke up with my ex literally the day before <laughs> <laughs> whose name was Aaron. Funny enough. Oh my Good God. omen. <laughs> but that was just such a very, you know, gloomy time for me. So when I saw that, it was like, oh my God, life is great. <laughs> There's no problems, no issues. Well, I think that that is like a, a good omen of like, afterwards like you break up and then you get really good news that's like in life yeah. where it's like yeah. it just shows you it's like weird timing um yeah. and hopefully you know our relationship here is ends and continues better than your last relationship with an Aaron. <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to overcome no, it definitely will it will definitely will i think that you know definitely life has a way of showing you signs that you're on the right path so i I agree. Um, I think it's like you just got to take those moments and just be like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the right things. Because like, have you felt like, especially over COVID and, and you said like it was the beginning of the pandemic and it's, it, life for so many artists was a question mark because it's like, can I perform? Are people going to come out? Do I have all these restrictions? Yeah. How can I record? All these things like, how was it for you with regards to getting over that and not letting that doubt creep in? It was definitely a a mystery zone. It was just like a phase in my life and a lot of my friends' life at the time um, where we were just having to get innovative and just kind of be patient. I think it was a patient game. I But it's so funny because we I was in, at the time I lived with um, a few roommates and we lived in little Haiti in Miami and uh, we ne- none of us had jobs all of us were full-time creatives like you know inspiring one another with different ideas and this was a very interesting time for us because we just were actually rebellious <laughs> and we threw e- we threw an event like in the in the thick of it maybe in June or like we threw an event in June and we threw an event in July um, that was in our backyard and we had an open space um, and we were able to actually profit a bit towards to, to pay our rent or you know what I'm saying off of those things. And, you know, obviously it's, it's a risk, but we were just like effort, you know, selling what's going to happen. <laughs> like, and um, I think that, in a way, we all kind of caught COVID-19. <laughs> so it was like, no one could run from it anyway. We all caught it. And uh, yeah, I would say during that time, Florida, we weren't as locked down as other states. You know, we definitely still had things open. And once again, we were trying to be innovative in different ways. But um, I don't know. I would say during that time, it was it was just a questionable time. It was a time of exploration. and coming together you know i don't know i don't even remember anymore <laughs> it, was just like, it feels like it was just the twilight zone yeah i think we've all suppressed that time from our minds like especially it's such a long period but like it is weird as like a full-time artist and it's not like we're at Drake level, right? It's not like you're you're yeah. on the level of like, yeah. oh, you've got a studio or whatever that's like paying all your bills. You're like still, you know, coming up and you're still getting better and you're still finding your lanes and then for it to all be gone, 
it, it's yeah, like it must have driven you because it must have driven you to a point of like, hey, we kind of don't have a choice because we either make money to pay bills and like buy food or we just like <laughs> at some point get kicked out because like we're not paying yeah, rent and yeah. stuff like that. So it's like this catch-22 where you're trying to do the right things, but at the end of the day, like you do also have to survive. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, luckily there were certain grants for artists that I definitely took advantage of during the time Recording Academy had one going on that, um, you know, I qualified for. So there were things that I felt like during the pandemic, um, a lot of great resources came, you know, to the surface for people like me. And we were just big on sharing it, extending it to one another, making sure it was in the know. So I think it, it brought out a community, you know, necessary, like necessary community. Um, so, it, you know, you, you find out a lot during those, during those moments. I think the weird thing is that we forget is like how important people like you are to like the general economy mm-hmm. and the way society works. Cause like, oh. like I think about it and I'm like, well, people come to your show so they're buying tickets but then they're potentially buying merch and the amount of people that get employed because you've got a show on in terms of like security guards the band um like the lighting people the ushers the bar but then also like if you go to a show you're probably gonna go with a couple of people you might go for drinks before dinner before and all of a sudden like you're actually helping a lot of people just because the event is on and people make a night of it and they're actually like paying a lot of people's wages. So I always found this talk about like artists aren't really necessary as like this weird talk. Like we had a bit of that here where it's like, you know, you're just an artist, yeah. but at the same time, like y'all are important to society. To think of it that way because music is such a healing component. And I'm pretty sure there's certain songs that you couldn't see your life without, you know what I'm saying? Or there's a certain song that's a part of your childhood that definitely, you know, molded you in a way or just holds that memory forever for you. So it's just like, it's a, music to me is a priceless thing, but it's so valuable at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so weird. We get obsessed with songs. Songs are like... They almost like transcend language. It's this weird vibration yeah. that we listen to and all of a sudden you don't have to speak the language, but it's a feeling you get from just mm-hmm. the sounds. And I'm sure you've got fans who don't, who are not from the US, who right. English is not their first language, but they still listen to your music because it right. gives them something. Yeah, surprisingly, have like a, a good amount of people in Brazil, you know, listening. So, you know, I, I don't know if they understand it, but shit, that's cool. <laughs> Music is definitely universal. So um, that aspect of it, you know, is just profound. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, you've got this unique style of, like, you're, you're in R&B, hip-hop, Afro beats. Like, you've got all these mixes of like different genres and it's always cool to me to see how people blend the genres. Did you have an idea of how you would do that before you started or was this something that kind of just naturally evolved from you being expressive? I would definitely say naturally evolved from me being expressive. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like internally, like I could really sing I could tap into many genres just because I know my capabilities and I kind of know, you know, what I what I like to have fun with, what I could kind of like, you know, execute. But I find that there's a sound that I feel most comfortable with as well as most um, at home with, and that's neo-soul. So soul, you know, music, hip-hop, that, that cluster where it's just like, it makes you bob your head. It feels it feels like soul. Like that's me. That's like where my heart is. So, you know, I think that the my upcoming songs will be more um they will definitely be more tailored to that niche. Um so songs like The Dome, songs like Dubai and P's and Q's are going to be more elevated in the sense of like genre. 
you know. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the rest of the year and the songs that I'm about to like be releasing coming up and stuff like that. But um, you know, yeah, I like all you know, I like all I like everything. I'm a Haitian girl, so I grew up with, you know, Caribbean music. I grew up on reggae. Afrobeat to me is like a reggae's cousin. So it's just like <laughs> everything is really under one under one roof with me. So was your like home like a a musical home? Like, do you remember like growing up as a kid listening to I listened to everything. Whitney Houston, Phil Collins, Diana Ross. Like my mom, um, you know, I'm a first generation born American. So she's from Haiti, but she had such a wide, you know, she had a variety of sounds that she played in the house and in the car. So I listen to everything. I'm very hip to like different eras of music. And I, I, I'm blessed for that. I think when I was younger, I was like, eh, put it on RB, put it on rap. <laughs> but I'm glad now that I'm older that I was exposed to those different things. Because now I'm playing it. I'm in my room singing Phil Collins. Like, so, <laughs> you know, songs that just naturally are now invested in me, you know, just off of like, me growing up on these songs. Isn't it funny? Your parents' music is always uncool. It's never cool because of purely your parents listening to it. Like, right. even if it's the coolest shit, like, I'm imagining myself, like, with future kids and then me going, like, <laughs> hey, check out this gangster rap that I yeah. love. This is, like, the, these albums that, like, made my life and they're going to be like, Dad. Like you're an old man, you're in your fifties, you're in your sixties, and you're listening to like Big Pun, Fifty Cent, like all these people who like just right. made like going back and going like check out Biggie, and they're gonna right. be and by like that time, like because obviously Biggie died in the nineties, but like I'm almost thirty, so by the time I'm sixty, Biggie would have been dead for like seventy years, which is like uh, sixty seventy years, like it's kind of crazy that like I'll be like, hey, listen to this music from like sixty years ago. Right? I mean, I don't best. think of it that way, but you're right. <laughs> like that's so true. Music is is lifelong and you know, that it is crazy. Like time is moving so fast. So before we know it, those songs are gonna be decades old. <laughs> and, you know, still sounding fresh and like new to us. And then and who knows what the the future generations I would hope that they recognize quality music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would I hope still, that they recognize it. I still find it a trip that people were born after the 90s. Like there are people born from 2000 plus. I know. And they're like <laughs> and they're 23 like now. now. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. It, it's trippy. Like my little cousin, like she's a grown girl. She's grown now. So it's just. Time is flying for real. And you almost never think of it too much because you just feel like, okay, we're always going to be here, but we're not, <laughs> you know. Life is a blink of an eye, yo. And I saw a post uh, on, I think it was like Instagram, and it was like, you know, my daughter or, or whatever, someone says something really upsetting to me that was like, you're born, you were born in the late 1900s. And it's like, that's very upsetting. <laughs> To, to think of it like that. Oh, wow. They really trying to make it sound like some medieval times and shit. Yeah. yeah. They need to stop. They need to stop. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay, that's enough of the internet today. That's, that's yeah. yeah. Yo, like we're going to be around 2040. I don't even like hearing those, those years just sound crazy. 2052. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> No, it sounds crazy. Well, even 2023 sounded crazy. I remember like being young and being like, oh, 2010. Like, it's just like, it's the first <laughs> so far away. Right. They're supposed to be flying cars now. Like, that was, that was supposed to be planned. Yeah. Actually, Range Rover, now speaking of, get mm-hmm. those flying cars going. What the hell is going on? I remember. started it? Oh, I don't know. I doubt it because I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I remember reading like books as a kid and be like flying cars around the corner or whatever. I don't, maybe I don't, it wasn't exactly a true scientific book, but um, yeah, I don't think they'll let <laughs> us in the sitcoms. sky. I remember the sitcoms, they would like 
have those episodes where they're fast forward to 2020 and it's just like the future. Everyone's in like silver clothes. <laughs> 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 it was just all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Although apparently The Simpsons gets a lot of predictions right. That's creepy. Now, if we go down that rabbit hole, it's a whole nother like really psyche. Like, I don't even know. Whoever's writing that show is a fucking psyche. Like, no doubt. Yeah, I feel like there is like underground like theories, like some deep dark theories. But yeah, there are a lot of coincidences uh, with the Simpsons. So I don't think they're coincidences. Like it's 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 okay. deep stuff there. Because <laughs> what that there's too much. It's way too much to like unravel type shit. I can tell that you've already gone down a rabbit hole with this. Like, I mean, I've definitely, you know, brushed up on different conspiracy theories. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I am a conspiracy theorist, you know, to the extreme at all. But I really, I don't know. This world is filled with so much mystery. I really don't put nothing past that. So I just think that I'm just, I keep my mind open because it's really anything is possible. Do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, there's one that I was, I'm a little ashamed that I used to believe. <laughs> oh my God. I used to think that Will I Am killed Biggie. <laughs> like there was this song on YouTube. I don't know if you were ever in these like YouTube rabbit hole, you know, Illuminati shits, but, um, they used to play the song backwards, this Will I Am song that he has. I think it's called I'm a Star, Like a Star, or some shit like that. And YouTube plays it past backwards and they're like, it says, I kill Biggie, I kill Biggie. Like it's so creepy. I'm like, I remember watching it and just having chills up my spine and like, ah, he's a veteran. <laughs> I'm like, well, why would he want to kill Biggie? I just never understood it, but you know, I guess they're both from New York. Like, I didn't understand it. And, you know, that was something. Illuminati was a big thing at one point that I was like, oh, my God, all these celebrities are such and such. But at the same time, I don't know. There could very well still be weird things in Hollywood. And I know there's obviously weird things going on in Hollywood with all of court cases. But, you know, just even beyond that, like, I don't know. Well, apparently, like, in Beyonce's music, there's, like, heaps of, like, demonic, like, imagery, yeah. like, in music yeah. videos and shows and stages, like, that they constantly, I feel like constantly this stuff comes out of, like, you know, there's, those themes are always around the the images and the, the kind of poses that are taken. Yeah. Well, I definitely feel like Beyonce is always going to be targeted. Because she's the biggest, you know, one of the biggest artists of our time. And I don't, I used to feed into it a bit with the Illuminati, you know, being a big topic of discussion back in the day. But, you know, I'm a Beyonce fan. So I love Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm going to her concert in August. Like, to me, she is like the female Michael Jackson. So I'm, I'm blessed to have even just witnessed an artist like her, you know, in my life. In my lifetime so she's just a hard-working woman and i don't think anyone should get you know attacked and targeted for that she's very hard-working so <laughs> well i agree she definitely is very hard-working as for the other stuff i have no idea um but i heard <laughs> i heard a cool kind of conspiracy theory that birds are not real they're all fake and that they watch us all the time that's like a really if you believe that one that one's like you're you the scary one to believe that's like, creepy yeah I, I actually did definitely run across that one um i know that there's certain things with 5g and fake weather and just so many different elements of like what is being controlled you know by the reptilians i don't know <laughs> like who's controlling these things why like you know, it's what's coronavirus real? Like, I don't know. Is the virus, I, I don't know. There's just so many questions, but I do think that you really have to follow your own intuition. Each and every person has our own internal, you know, intuition and what's right for you is right for you. And I really do believe in 
uh, nurturing that. And, yeah. yeah. And I also think you can't, you shouldn't get too wrapped up in these conspiracy theories because they're conspiracy for a reason. And some always inevitably become like you realize are true, but there's so many that are just straight up wrong. And like, it starts to mess with your mind a little bit because you start to like confirmation bias. Like you start to look for things to confirm what you believe. And it's just like, oh. Yeah, it can definitely consume you if you allow it. So, you know, I don't necessarily allow it. (laughs) I think there's (laughs) way too much that I got to get done in my life before, you know, it consumes me to that extent. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, hopefully our fans and your fans don't get consumed with your conspiracy theory <laughs> and start going like, "Will I am totally did it?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not, y'all. I don't know who did it. I'm not a detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, uh, something I, I did want to ask you is like something I read and and kind of like a, a sad part of your story was. Uh, you losing your father quite early in life. Um, mm. How did that impact your journey in terms of like growing up and then obviously your the creative side of you? Um, well, I would definitely say growing up, um, it was just me and my mother. I'm the only child. So being that I'm first generation um, Haitian American here, he came here for a few months for the first time. He was very happy about it. And um, he was unfortunately in the wrong place, wrong time and was um, in a, a gun robbery. So I think about it in a way that um, life is short. You know, you never know when it is your time. Like you really never know. That's something that kind of, I think, subconsciously stuck with me in the back of my mind. And because of that, I felt as if, you know, what I want to do, I'm going to do it, you know, <laughs> like, however I feel I want to express myself or what I feel makes me happy while I'm here. I felt usually really passionate about, um, you know, putting effort towards whatever that may be. So I would say it's definitely motivated me in that way. I think that you know, being that he passed, he passed at 33, which I also think is really interesting. Um, he was only also um, in the States for three months. I was three years old when he passed. So mm. the number three seems to have a significance with um, that tragedy. Um, but I know for a fact he's, you know, with me spiritually protecting me in, in ways that I don't know and I can't see. So I do, you know, because of that experience, I've grown a spiritual relationship and just an awakening of my own to um, realize that we can still have relationships outside of, you know, physical reality. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's showing me things in different ways. I definitely think the biggest thing though would be um, to live your life simply because you just never know. And, you know, I definitely expect and pray I have a long life, but I just want to be, you know, one day look back and say, you know, I did that. So, <laughs> you know, I did what I wanted to do. I put all my energy and did my best. So if anything, that's my motivation right there. And, you know, just to give my mother and I a better life, my family a better life. And, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> well, I have I to say things. you have a fantastic energy like super smiley, super just happy and genuine and just like enjoy every moment. So when you were talking about that, that was like that genuinely has been coming through the whole time we've been talking. So um, you can definitely feel that. But then I rudely cut you off and you were about to say something else. So I'm going <laughs> to. No, no, you're, you're good. You actually did not come up. I believe I was at the end of my statement, but um yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's a lot of uh, thank yous to my mother because, you know, even though she had an obviously tragic loss of her own being now and only the widow, you know, mother, she showed nothing but joy while I was growing up. She's a very, very joyous person. She's full of light herself. So, you know, kudos to my mom and my tea whenever she see it. So she'll see it. Uh, <laughs> she's also very giggly, full of smiles. So, 
I think that she, you know, saw the glasses half full and uh, instilled a lot of uh, beautiful those things in me and grounding things in me. So, yeah. Because how old was your mom when that happened? She was she was also thirty three. So, you know, they they were raising me and and the. They were kind of back and forth. My mom was back and forth from the U.S. and Haiti. And so, you know, when it comes to that, you have to get a visa in order to come into the state. So when I thought my dad finally was able to visit here for the first time, you know, he was also kind of like ha- had a lot of adrenaline. So he, he had a motorcycle. Like he was kind of a bad boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was just ready to rock and roll type of thing. Um, it was cut short, but. I definitely think his spirit lives through me in many ways. I am an adventurous person. I'm definitely here for the adrenaline rushes of life. So, you know, I don't take those things for granted, for sure. That does make me ask, though. What adrenaline activities have you done? Have you got, like, yeah. ones that are, that stand out as, like, your favorite ones? Uh, So... A few of them include just me jumping off the cliffs. <laughs> right. Oh, that you sounds know? so safe. Yes. <laughs> what was the craziest thing? I feel like I have a crazy one. I don't know if it's too crazy, but um, like I went to Jamaica last year and there's this really high cliff that um, tourists, I guess, jump off of and it, you, you jump into the river, a really cold river. And everyone, you know, that I was with and most people, they'll put on a life jacket. Because, you know, it's, it's it's a strong river. I was like, nah, F that. <laughs> <laughs> life I, I can swim. I'll be fine, you know. So I I uh, jumped off of that. And, uh, you know, it was it definitely took me a minute to get back up. Because when you jump, obviously the gravity pulls you yeah. really into the water. And I don't know how deep that water is. I didn't feel the floor. <laughs> but, you know, I like those kind of things just because. I, I like to challenge myself. I like to challenge my body. I like to see, you know, the capacities that I could go. And, um, you know, once I got to the surface, it was it was just even more dramatic because the waves are hitting you hard. Like, but I'm here today, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you. I wouldn't have gone with a life jacket either. Like, yeah. I, I'm a confident swimmer, so I've yeah. always been kind of like, and the life jacket kind of ruins the vibe. Yeah, like, it's it not takes the same. away the natural element of the experience. Yeah, because then you're like in this thing, it's so big and you're like stuck in it. And no, no, I like to have my arms free. So I'm with you. It may not be <laughs> the safest or the smartest choice, but like it is right. the more, if you're going to do it, like you might as well do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Right, right. And they'll, they'll have people on the sidelines making sure you're not drowning. And <laughs> you know, they got to have that. So I always feel like, what are the chances? I'll be, I'll be all right. You know. Although I am scared of heights, so I'm not great yeah, at heights. It was really high. It was really, really high. I'm just know... the first one to volunteer to jump. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want Yeah, no, I don't. I don't deal with heights very well, but I have gone skydiving a couple of times, and that okay. is awesome. It is I, so. I haven't good. done that yet. See, it is really, That's really good. Better than me, like. That that right there is a risk. That that to me is an adrenaline rush, and it is. It makes you feel genuinely when you're like you're like alive. You're like, at first, uh, I, the first time I went, I thought I was the dumbest person. Like, cause you hang out of the plane, the way they do it is like, cause the person you're strapped to, they sit mm-hmm. on the edge, and you're just like hanging out. And then, mm-hmm. like when that was happening, and the wind is like rushing past your face, I was yeah. just like, I'm so stupid. Like I'm the dumbest human alive. And then, but once you do it, the feeling is so good. You have to get out of the fear and then realize what you're experiencing. And it's awesome. It is just so good. Literally. Well, some would say that you're falling, but. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No, that's amazing. I can't wait to do that. Um, Yeah. I mean. More power to you for doing it twice, yo. Yeah, well, we did it for my mum's 50th one year. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, as a family, we that did it with is, my mum. That is quite a gift. That's, yeah. that's, your well, mom jumped out of the plane? Yeah, she did. We, I asked her. We, we said to her, like, mum, you've always said that you would. And mm-hmm. so we're like, before we buy the gift and before we get tickets for everybody, 
if yeah. we buy it, will you actually do it? Like this is a yeah. serious question. Because if you won't, we'll get you something else. It's not a problem. And so yeah. she was like, no, I'll do it. And so she did it. <laughs> she, yeah, she loved it. And she's a real one for that. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, whitewater rafting is one of my favorites as well, okay. like going down that's the rivers awesome. and stuff. Yes. yes, that sounds so much fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to trade, like, adventure stuff. Like, I used to be really safe as a kid. Like, I didn't like getting doing those, like, but now I've realized I love roller coasters. I love that adrenaline rush yeah. of, like, a little bit of fear. <laughs> I feel that. It's like it gives you the reminder you're alive, you know. <laughs> I feel like that's probably why you like performing because a lot of people, that's their biggest fear in life is being on stage. Yeah. yeah. No, it can be scary. It's a lot of anxiety right before getting on stage, especially like depending on how, how big the crowd is, like it can be scary. Like, yeah. Do people ask you like, do you, like I don't know how you do it. Like do they ask you how do you do it and do you feel nervous? Oh, yeah. Um, I get that asked a lot. Um, I typically don't even feel nerves up until right before I'm getting on the stage. So like moments before that, or like, you know, if it's an hour or two before that, I'm not, I'm chilling. I'm usually, I, have a, I may have a drink in my hand just to get the ease, you know, get the edge off of it. Um, and I usually don't really have an appetite on performance days, so I might just have fruit that day. <laughs> it isn't until after I get off stage and then I get eat like a cow, you know. But, um, yeah, I've been performing so much now that it's really it really hits me, too. Like, the minute before I get on stage is when it hits me now. So. I feel you. I'm like that as well. Any public, I like public speaking and I like performing like I used to do improv and I did like drama in high school and theater and all that kind of stuff but it was like the same thing it doesn't matter how well I know what I'm doing I'm always going to be nervous until like I start the start is the hardest and then once you're in it you're in it you're just living it and you're just kind of working your way through it but yeah the start is the worst and then when you get announced that sucks just waiting in the wings and then they're like, and you're just like, oh, I just want this. I want to hurry hurry up and let me get out there so that I can yeah, no, get this done. Always- <laughs> <laughs> yes, trust me. It's always a relief, a relief. But I think I'm, and I'm like you. I don't like to eat before I perform. I don't like to eat before I podcast. Like there's something about I have always felt like heavy, um, which is weird. I, I I don't know. It feels weird to be digesting and to be like performing. <laughs> like, it's like this weird place. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's in my own head. It's definitely in my own head, but like it just makes me feel better. I feel almost like lighter on my feet um, mm-hmm. and lighter mentally to be able to like jump and do this and like be able to just go with the flow. Yeah. 100%. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what an exciting conversation you must be having. yes not eating (laughs) (laughs) well i actually have only one more question for you and it's probably the the toughest question uh that i've asked you so far um it's the only question that i plan on the show um but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of can be any genre of music cannot be your own music, what would it be? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I would recommend, I would recommend, I, the first album that comes to mind is the Aaliyah, the self-titled Aaliyah album. Um, that's when she was still collaborating with Timbaland and Missy. And that was some, her latest project that she put out before her passing. And I think that the elements of that album and the evolution of her sound in that late album was truly a, a masterpiece. I think that um, she 
you know, for her all in that latest project, um, the different productions, the tones that she had in each different song. Like, I'm just, a, I'm a big fan. I actually share a birthday with Aaliyah as well, January 16th. <laughs> Oh, awesome. And yeah, that's my answer. I I love her, and that album used to be on repeat for me for many young years of my life. Well, I love that answer, and you and I have very similar birthdays. I'm the fifth of January, so oh my god, are, Capricorn! Yeah, you, Capricorn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, makes sense now. Your vibes are real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say like. Because I'm not hugely into that world, but I know a little bit about Capricorns, like notoriously yeah. stubborn, um, hard-headed, but grounded. Yeah. That's kind of like probably what it is. Do you identify with like the Capricorn yeah. signage? I do. Um, Capricorns are typically known to, to place a lot of their energy into their work and their career. And I definitely relate to that. That's yeah. like one of my biggest priorities. And, um, you know... I also have different planets. I have my, my Gemini moon. I'm a Cancer rising. So I also resonate in those elements too. I'm very goofy, you know, like Gemini's are. I'm also nurturing like Cancer's are. So it's like kind of a cool mix of different elements. <laughs> but I'm a Capricorn, you know, to the T. I love what I do. I'm ambitious. I, you know, I'm big on family, big on quality time with my loved ones and you know stuff like that <laughs> yeah. yeah well because yeah. because i definitely meet people and like actually do you, i was this is my i was gonna ask you this and then a transition but i am gonna ask you this do you, are there signs that you're like you just don't vibe <laughs> with very well um i usually um think that every sign kind of defines themselves like everyone defines their, their sign differently i like to think of it that way i don't want to I like to box people in too much, but um, I will say that, I don't know, I don't even want to pinpoint a sign because I, I fuck with all the signs. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Leo dudes, for whatever reason, we don't really click, you know, beyond, I would say, friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that'll bite me in the butt later, but I don't know. I, it's never been a smooth sailing with Leo dudes because you know we both we both strong minded like <laughs> that's how it be yeah yeah I think it's it's weird because like I've been looking at my relationships as well and like the, yeah. what goes wrong in them and like how I'm, why I'm still singing all those kinds of stuff and it's always <laughs> like like oh uh, I think the the hard part of being a Capricorn is because you're so motivated and you're so like mm. driven that like not being with someone who's driven is difficult, but then when you're with, it, it really is. It yeah. really is. It's like, it's quite difficult. Cause you're like, I'm doing X, Y, Z and I'm hustling. I'm trying to I have all these goals that I want to do. And then you're with someone who has no ambition or the ambition just doesn't, it doesn't match your ambition. And you're like, right. yeah, this right. will never work. Cause it's going to drive me crazy. As a Capricorn. That's why we're picky because, I think we do bring a lot to the table. So it's like, you got to be picky when you when you work the way you do. So it's like, I'm not mad at that, though. Oh, my mom has definitely said, like, Aaron, the woman who you end up with, like, she's going to have to, like, deal with, number one, your shit. So, like, she's going to have to have, like, a thick skin, but also, like, she's going to have to have her own stuff going on because that it's weird like i i want someone who's like independent but also kind of like is mature in the relationship and like you're not on two different paths it's yeah we're, we're heading down this therapy uh a rabbit hole now of like relationships <laughs> oh i mean shit. it's okay we all deal with it yeah. we all no, deal no. with them yeah it, it is it is fun i mean it's part of like the journey of it um but like yeah it's weird what goes into them and like, I mean, you mentioned your, your obviously uh, failed relationship with uh, a previous Aaron. So maybe it's just the namesake, but um, it, we'll, we'll all find it's all, all on the journey and like there's no right way or wrong way to do it, I think. Exactly. Like life is still super unpredictable and I like to keep it optimistic and um, 
you know, just yeah, what's for me is for me. What's for you is for you, and it's gonna be, and it's, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I love that. And what I can guarantee for the fans that is for them is the one and only Dina Edine. Um I, I, I remembered I to get the Dina name Adine. Dina Edine. <laughs> See, I fucked it up. I knew I would. I knew I this guarantee. Okay. <laughs> uh, at least I know I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm going to make those mistakes. But Soft yeah. Era EP just came out. Uh, you've got the the music videos. You've got the Mahogany project that has been out for a while now that everyone can go back to. Um, and you've got music videos, YouTube videos. So please make sure to show us some love. Um, and you'll see her on IG as Tree Woman as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, give her a follow. Obviously, show support. And if you're in the states and in your in New York, go to her shows as well. They're guaranteed to be absolutely fantastic. But is there anything else you wanted to plug? Is there anything you wanted to shout out before we wrap up? Um, just shout out to everyone that is supporting me right now. Um, I'm super excited for what's to come. I will definitely have my upcoming shows more organized you know so you guys could see where you can make it i'd love for y'all to come out and yeah thank you so much for having me it was definitely a cool conversation with my fellow capricorn (laughs) awesome my pleasure thanks for listening to the show please like and subscribe and follow me on instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show Bye for now.